If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home. So you may notice a difference in audio quality. On this episode of Newt's World, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo completely mishandled the early days of the pandemic and the virus entering our country. He made misguided policy decisions that killed thousands, including many seniors. I've been talking about how his actions have impacted thousands of New York citizens for months. Just this week, the New York Times published, quote, nine top New York health officials have quit as Cuomo scorns expertise, close quote. Governor Cuomo's mishandling of the pandemic has been further called into question after State Attorney General Letitia James said his administration had undercounted the number of COVID-19 deaths in nursing home residents by not publicly disclosing deaths of those residents that occurred in hospitals. In fact, New York is one of the hardest hit states in the nation with over 1.42 million cases. It's a million 420,000 cases and 43,178 deaths. My guest has a new book out about Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, Matt Palumbo. Matt Palumbo, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on, it's a great pleasure. Now your new book, I must say I like the title, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York. You wrote, quote, if New York were its own country, it would have more coronavirus deaths per capita than any other in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? 
it was really a comedy of errors from the start. There was this huge liberal narrative that Trump was downplaying the risks of the virus. And it's certainly true that he wasn't publicly alarmist with it. But the only people downplaying the pandemic or future pandemic were people like de Blasio and Cuomo. Trump early on banned travel from China. And that was all happening as Democrats were fixated on impeachment. We're not even paying attention to the virus. Early on, people like de Blasio and Cuomo were really just denying that it was going to ever turn into something, was telling people, you know, keep going on with life as usual. And it got to the point where they sort of injected social justice into it, where health officials were saying, you know, the virus could be bad, but it's not going to be as bad as anti-Asian racism might, might emerge. So go to Chinatown and spend money there and congregate. And they're just kind of encouraging all these things you would not want to do when a virus is about to hit your city. And then in New York as a whole, and this is really where things went off the rails, Cuomo's nursing home scandal is primarily responsible for why the, the state's death toll is what it was. Now, there were all these concerns early on based on various models on what hospital utilization would be like. And there's a lot of concerns that hospitals would become overwhelmed from the virus. So in response to that, Cuomo signed an order. It's called the March 25th order. And that sent people who had been previously tested positive for coronavirus, but were at least a few days into their symptoms or into hospitalization, they would be sent to nursing homes. Now, and this is completely insane, New York was the only state in the nation that prohibited testing these people when they went to nursing homes. So we had no way of knowing if they were still infectious. And well, we do know now that obviously they were. Within just a few months, about two months, there would be 6,000 people in nursing homes were reported dead. And that was just reported according to what they were telling us. I argued in the book it was close to 12,000. And the reason why is if you contracted coronavirus in a nursing home and then were transported back to a hospital as an elderly person, your death was a hospital death, not a nursing home death. And then now we have that new AG report basically confirming that, yes, they were understated to that exact extent. And Cuomo's defenses have just sort of been laughable since then. So he had the New York Health Department commission their own study exonerating themselves, and they were trying to claim, no, it wasn't our policy, it was they got it from the nurses. So I started speaking to nurses who worked in these nursing homes, and they said, no, we were tested going in, so we couldn't have spread it. We obviously got it from the coronavirus patients they were sending us, and then it spread from there. Also interesting, that study was sponsored by McKinsey, which Cuomo himself relied on for those extrapolations on how overwhelmed hospitals would get. So there's sort of a conflict of interest within the conflict of interest. And now Cuomo's pivoted even from there into just kind of denying that there ever was a nursing home scandal and saying, you know, we didn't need this space. We had the 10 hospitals and the USNS Comfort that Trump sent. So why would we have even needed that policy? So we've kind of gone through everything from this disaster to Cuomo trying to get his own department to cover for him to just outright denying that this happened. And then for the most part, the media does seem to have let him get away from it, though hopefully this AG report changes that. So I'm curious, what was the rationale for not testing? Well, that's the thing I can't figure out. It makes no sense at all. And, you know, Cuomo himself tried to blame Trump for the nursing home scandal and said, well, it was actually CDC guidance that got in our policy to free up space. But the CDC explicitly said you'd have to test these people. It's you know one of those questions I can't answer because I don't think there really is a rational answer. It was just you know very sloppily designed this plan. Well, I did a podcast a couple of months ago with Betsy McCoy, the former lieutenant governor of New York. She thought all this was deeply involved in Cuomo's relationship with the New York Hospital Association and their top lobbyists, and that the hospitals really did not want people with COVID in the hospitals and dramatically preferred dumping them on nursing homes. I don't know if that's true or not, but it, McCoy deeply believed that this all went back to sort of local politics. 
what's depressing is we know the people in charge of these sort of policies knew what the result would be. Our new, was it, HHS secretary that Biden just appointed, took her mother out of a nursing home before putting this kind of policy into effect. There was one county in New York, I think it was Rensselaer County, where you know, a Republican runs the county. He said this nursing home order is insane. He was the only person that defied it. The only nursing home in his county had no coronavirus deaths. So it's very clear that you know this was what was responsible for it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was looking at something you highlight in your book on the difference between New York City and San Francisco, and that they're sort of both very densely populated. But I then went out and did my own (laughs) research. New York City has 10 times the population of San Francisco. Uh But San Francisco had 324 deaths. New York City had 27,138. So if they'd been proportionate, New York should have had 3,240. Yep. So there are an extra 24,000 deaths in New York City compared to San Francisco. How could there be such a gigantic difference in COVID impact in the two cities? Yeah, well, they just took action first. And you know, I'm not going to pretend that everything's A-OK in San Francisco. I mean, a lot of their small businesses are suffering just as much as in New York. But you know, at least they don't have the COVID death toll along with that. And it really just came down to taking action early. They started doing mass testing very early. They started banning very large gatherings. And like, you know, obviously I, I'm not pro very strict lockdown, but I, you know, I don't think it's that unreasonable sort of banning mass gatherings. And they were way ahead of the curve on that. And just all these other just, you know, precautionary measures they took ahead of time, as opposed to saying, go out and congregate and, you know, fight racism by exposing yourself to a virus. But, you know, it shows up in the numbers. When you compare Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, how would you compare their relative impact? If you look at the deaths per capita, they are much higher in the city than in the state. So, you know, naturally, I would say de Blasio did a worse job. Obviously, the nursing home contributed to de Blasio's death count as well. So it's hard to say. I think de Blasio was probably worse. He was more actively promoting things that were were harmful, I, I would say. He was sort of rejecting the reality of the virus longer than Cuomo did. Correct. Yeah, it got to the point where many of his advisors had to threaten to resign to get him to take action on certain things. And, you know, he never really led by example either, which I know we can't really expect from our politicians. Like he banned going to the gym. And the last thing he did on that day was go to the gym. So he just didn't really send much of a, of a message, nor did his health department even seem to really be that focused on where you'd, you'd want to fight the virus. So, for instance, there were massive outbreaks with the New York police department. The health official that encouraged people to like congregate in Chinatown refused to distribute masks to the police when they requested them and made some derogatory comment about police. Now, you know, regardless of your opinion on masks, she is someone who does believe they work and did, despite that, explicitly refuse to give them to cops. And, you know, I'm not saying that's correlated with why there was an explosion in cases, but it just shows that you know, they were neglecting key demographics of people for political purposes that were disproportionately exposed to this virus. When you look at that whole experience, it seemed to me that Cuomo in particular got amazingly positive coverage from the news yep. media, mm-hmm. despite reality. That's sort of what the motivation for this book was. At the beginning of the coronavirus, I was in the position of everyone of just kind of accepting, well, I know nothing about this, but Cuomo's the one getting all the praise. So I went, well, let's see what this guy's doing if he's figured it out. And it turns out he's figured nothing out. As they were praising Cuomo, everyone was ragging on Sweden, which, you know, very famously, you know, didn't have any official lockdowns. The government gave guidance on things to do, but nothing was really strictly enforced. And, you know, I don't really defend their model, but I just noticed that, like, despite well, the death rates in Sweden were, I'm going, well, at the same time, they're way higher in New York. So how is it the media in the same publication will attack Sweden, but give Cuomo a pass when you would have been safer in Sweden the whole time? And then it was just kind of unraveling from there, everything that went wrong, you know, of which there was many. 
and I think Cuomo's approval actually of the of, in the book I quoted it's about eighty four percent. So everyone is buying the narrative, and it's complete nonsense. No, it was amazing to me that you know Cuomo could do things that were literally killing people, and somehow the New York media would heap praise on him. Now it does seem to me that as Trump sort of becomes less central to the national dialogue, the media is suddenly much more aggressive about going after Cuomo. And in that sense, he may be at the beginning of a period of really serious investigative reporting. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of coronavirus narrative shifts since Trump left office. I mean, I think it was just within like the week prior to Biden taking office and the weeks that followed, every mayor just suddenly went, yeah, I guess bars and restaurants should be open and I guess schools should be open after all. And the timing, of course, is too obvious to be a coincidence, I think. How much damage did the Cuomo strategy do to small businesses in New York? I think it's like close to at least 30 or 40 percent of small businesses closures are probably permanent because at the time of these lockdowns, most restaurants only had about a month or two of cash to burn before running out. And I've noticed in my own neighborhood, there are some businesses that are closing and then getting replaced by other businesses, but it's not the same. It's a small business getting replaced by you know a big business. I don't know. I don't really think it's a trend we want to see, but it's one we're seeing play out nationwide. We're seeing the stock market soar to record highs in the midst of this pandemic. And a large part of the reason is that it's big businesses are composed of a disproportionate portion of these stock indexes, and they're the ones getting pushed up at the expense of everyone else. I think it's the saddest trend we've seen from this pandemic, obviously, in addition to the deaths. Now, you focus in your book on New York City and New York State. Since you live in New Jersey, I have to ask you, I mean, hasn't New Jersey had almost a parallel bad experience? Yeah, it's worse, actually. We have a very similar nursing home policy, I mean, they at least tested people, but it has pretty much been like that as well. And, you know, the proximity to New York probably didn't help as, as well with that. Because the governor of New Jersey never gets the level of publicity that the mayor and the governor of New York do. Do you think that Cuomo will eventually take responsibility for his actions, or how does he ride this out? Well, the thing is, he doesn't really need to. I mean, I don't need to tell you that the media works the Democratic Party, and that's what we're seeing. There was one comment the other day he made that would have sunk any other politician, and he was talking about the nursing home scandal and tried to make the point that if you die, it doesn't matter how you died. So he said something like, yeah, people died in nursing homes. Who cares? People die. And I sort of understand what he was attempting to say, but the phrasing was just so terrible that if Trump made that comment, that would stick to him for months or, or any other politician, really, especially if they're a Republican, and yet he gets away with it. And even with this nursing home scandal, I mean, we haven't seen any consequences so far, and we really have known the death toll is what that AG report said since at least July or August. So I, I don't know. It's just very hard for me to be optimistic to see consequences. I think it's a sobering part of what's happening in the country that disasters can occur. and Somehow yeah. nobody was, is ever held accountable, unless maybe it's Trump. But otherwise, they somehow are vaccinated mm-hmm. against any kind of consequence for their behavior. And speaking of vaccines, you know, he, he's also had some trouble with the rollout. And recently his defense was, well, we're just not getting enough vaccines for the federal government to roll them out. But weeks prior to that, he was complaining that they're not getting it to enough people in general. So he actually expanded their criteria for vaccination. So, he, you know, within just a few weeks, contradicted himself on the reason why. And it's a, it actually has to do with why all those people started le- uh, leaving in droves, those nine health officials, was a lot of counties have their own vaccine distribution plans. And Cuomo decided, well, I'm going to kind of ignore the experts and try to come up with my own. So he hired Deloitte to try to create a plan for him, which is obviously very unpopular among those who are resigning.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There actually had been a pandemic plan, which I think was developed before Cuomo even became governor. But New York didn't follow it. 
Yeah, I brought that up because there was this whole narrative that Trump shredded Obama's pandemic plan, and they were kind of going blind with coronavirus. So I was looking to that history, and well, they actually replaced Obama's with one that was specific to an influenza coming from China. So you know, obviously a coincidence that the report was that specific to something an influenza coming from China, but they were way more prepared than Cuomo was. In fact, in I quote in the book, many people related to Cuomo didn't even know this plan existed. So not only was there a plan that they didn't use it, many people didn't even know it existed. I mean, we moved a Navy hospital ship to New York, built out the Javits Center to a thousand beds, and put in three Army field hospitals. And I think the total use of the Navy hospital was like 90 people or something. There was, there was never an actual shortage of hospital space in New York. Am I wrong? You're right. And there's also regulations that made it pretty much impossible to actually use the ship. The regulations were they couldn't accept patients directly. They had to be referred from a hospital. Ambulances couldn't bring anyone directly to the ship. So, you know, the two thirds of the ways you'd get accepted there to, to be treated weren't possible. But then there was also you know, a comedy of errors there. Initially, this ship was supposed to be exclusively for non-coronavirus patients. Turns out, with a few days of arriving, one of the people who was on the ship when it got there caught coronavirus. So that was a, a disaster. Then after a few days, they changed it and repurposed the chip specifically for coronavirus patients. So there was just no plan. And why those regulations were not just waived with a stroke of a pen is a mystery. Were they federal regs? I believe it was federal, but yeah, I don't know why there was no plan yeah. there as well. Yeah. That, that's yeah. right. I mean, there is a point where common sense should win. Kind of amazing. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't have just said, because, you know, it's not like Trump is aware of every federal regulation in the books. I don't know why he wouldn't have reached out and said, hey, thanks for the free hospital, but we can't use it for this reason. Please do X, Y, and Z. So if you had to sum it up, what is it you wish the average citizen of New York and New York City would get from the way you've approached this and from your better understanding of what actually happened? I just want it to be a kind of a wake up to the media's narrative versus reality. I think the media has the effect of sort of putting horse blinders on us and making us only see a narrative they want to see. And that sort of seems to be their purpose. And I just kind of want to wake more people up and saying, you know, the fact that every single person is singing this guy's praises and giving him Emmys doesn't actually mean anything. It really just means he's a Democrat and fortunate enough to be one. In terms of the media bias, one of the most amazing things was Cuomo getting an International Emmy Founders Award in November 2020, quote, in recognition of his leadership during the COVID pandemic and his masterful use of television to inform and calm people. Why on earth would they have given him an Emmy given the disaster that New York State was? I almost think it's to provide cover. So if anyone criticizes him, he can say, well, no, I got an Emmy for it. If you were to plot coronavirus cases on a chart in New York, the day he received the Emmy is when it starts to really start taking off. So the timing really couldn't have even been worse on that. Huh. It just strikes me that the level of arrogance of giving an Emmy to a guy who was a disaster, it either tells you about the bias or the lack of common sense of the news media. I'm not sure which is more relevant. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, the thing is, it's really not hard to check these facts. I mean, it, it only takes a few Google searches to just see what is their coronavirus death rate, what's the national average, and then work from there. I have to believe that they're knowingly doing it. You know, in your book, you go beyond just the health crisis, and you talk about how both de Blasio and Cuomo have really crippled New York economically and in law and order. I mean, what are the policies that have really begun hurting New York residents and, frankly, leading to a remarkable migration out of New York to other states? 
and the thing about this chapter is it really could be applied to California or New Jersey or Illinois or other blue states as well. It's not necessarily specific to them in particular. They've just kind of jumped in front of the train and continued all these liberal policies that have been inflating the cost of living, raising property taxes, killing jobs, just general liberal policies. The size of their government has gotten to the point where it's about double the size of Florida's. And I mentioned Florida because they're the number one state people are fleeing New York to leave to. So I do a little comparison between New York and Florida and I say, well, you know, are they really getting a bang for their buck for paying for a government that's twice as large? So I just go through, you know, what's the cost of living? What's the poverty rate after you just for the cost of living? What are the school systems like? What's the average home size someone can afford to live in? And just all these other variables in your quality of living. And they're usually either better or close enough to New York to be not that much distinguishable. So why pay double when you could pay half as much for, for basically the same? And that's sort of the gist of that chapter. Do you think this has been a permanent shift in the balance of decisions towards leaving rather than staying? Or is it temporary? I remember I was reading something in Heritage. They were estimating that about a thousand people a day leave from blue states to red states. And that's on net balance. So, you know, accounting for migration from the opposite. I don't know if it's accelerated since then, to what extent, but the trend has continued every single year since then. You know, ironically, though, if these people do keep their politics, it does risk turning many of these red states blue. And then where do you go from there? That is sort of the only concern I have about it. But it does weaken the blue states. I mean, their tax base decays. And I think it's going to cause a negative feedback loop where they raise taxes further and more people leave and you know, so on and so forth. It's remarkable. Cuomo's already said he's going to run again for re-election. Do you think all of this affects him at all? Or given the nature of the New York machine, is he just invulnerable? Well, with his approval rating as it is now, it does seem unlikely he would lose. But obviously, it would have to be another Democrat to run against him to have a chance, kind of, you know, in New York's current climate, which obviously is a tragedy of politics and the media that this is even possible. Trump could do something that was literally a continuation of an Obama-era policy, and he would get portrayed as Hitler, while Cuomo can send coronavirus patients into nursing homes, and it's for the most part ignored. We are seeing attention now with the AG report, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't last that long. Yeah. It'll be interesting because other than the New York Post, there's no natural opponent to Cuomo in the media. Correct. Although I was very surprised by how tough the New York Times was on the resignation of these nine public health officials. I did find coverage of that, like in mainstream liberal publications, criticism. It's just the ratio of positive yeah. to negative. You know, there'd be 10 positive for every one negative, And they can say we well, are covering the negative. It's just the perception of it yeah. is going to be w- way more positive for people. Reading. Yeah, that's remarkable. Well, I think you've made a significant contribution to our understanding of what's happening in New York. I'm like you. I think a lot of you can then take that and in, in different kinds of ways. It helps explain Illinois and New Jersey and Connecticut and California, where we're drifting the same way. But I really appreciate it. And I think that your new book, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York, is really a contribution to the national dialogue. And I commend you for taking the time and focusing and getting that done. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was really an honor to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to my guest, Matt Palumbo. You can read an excerpt of his new book, Dumb and Dumber, How Cuomo and de Blasio Ruined New York, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Gorenzi Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penman. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. 
If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.